Hello, and welcome to the Family Bookshelf. I am Nick, the Game Schooling Dad, and with me is my wife, Amber, of ambitionsforchrist.com. So tonight, I've got kind of a, an author study for us, uh, three books written by the same author who started strong, and then I think went down a very um, sad path, I guess you'd put it, a path mm. that I wouldn't recommend or wouldn't follow. So the first book we found of him, we found totally by accident, and we found it right before it became <laughs> a huge hit. Uh, it's called A Man Called Ave, or A Man Called Ave. Uh, mm -hmm. by Frederick Bachman, and I was really excited. This book was fantastic. I remember you couldn't put this book down almost. Yeah. I mean, this was, I mean, every time I turned around, you were just, you you just had to read it. I think you read it in like just two days or something like that. I mean, it was something unreal. Like, like, you just had to devour this book. It was very well written, very humorous, very heartfelt, very cool story about a guy who wants to kill himself and then kind of falls in love with his neighbors. Um, you know, every time he's going to kill himself, there's a neighbor doing something silly, and he has to stop what he's doing and go help this neighbor, you know, <laughs> figure it out. And then as he's doing this, he kind of falls from him, ends up having, like, relationships with them, you know, and pulls himself out of the depression that he's in you mm -hmm. know and as someone who's experienced depression as people who've experienced right. depression know you know that can be a very dark and sad time and, and the way he did it well and it's an isolating time because yeah. you almost isolate yourself from others sure. and so yeah th that's what makes this story so special is how i guess he does come out of that <laughs> yeah he, he's able to connect with these people and really um realistically pull himself out uh I, I started some notice some things so this book was fantastic a man called obe is is a wonderful book i highly recommend it but i started to notice some trends of how he wrote and it got worse and worse as the things gone until the point where it became kind of cliche mm. uh, his writing was no longer interesting anymore because of it uh but it, it gets so the next book i read of his because i liked a man called obe so much i went and found uh, one called brit marie was here uh, it's about a woman whose husband leaves her or basically throws her out, and she now goes to this small town and through a series of kind of wacky circumstances ends up uh, coaching soccer. Uh, and this is a very prim and proper woman who has no business being on a soccer pitch. Uh, and so it, it's very, again, very humorous, uh, very heartfelt. You fall in love with this character. Britt Marie is very tragic and very fun and someone that you're rooting for this whole time. And the people that she, round, she surrounds herself with become off the same way. Mm. Um, again, very fun story. She goes through this. Of course, she ends up uh, finding out more about these kids, falls in love with them, like you have with any sports story at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a cliche yeah. sports story to some but, extent. But what you start to see in his writing is that all of his characters are the worst possible tropes and stereotypes that you could ever possibly have. I mean, if, if you think of a trope that's in there or that you, you know, that's that you're just familiar with or a stereotype that you know of, he's put it in there and one character has been shoehorned in there who's like that. Every one of them is the worst case scenario. It's never a, you know, good luck story. It's never a fun story. <laughs> it's never a, you know, anything like that. They're it's, all down on their luck. Right. They're, every one of them is a tragic character. And it gets to the point where it's too much. I mean, right. at this point in time, I think it's this story, but Marie was here. One of the kids is supposed to be like a fantastic athlete and he's very rich and wealthy she ends up going to their house and turns out they're not rich and wealthy they're actually destitute and poor their family is just putting on a big charade and it's like well this is a bit much you know none of these characters have anything redeeming or worth rooting for in any realistic sense they're just sad tragic characters right. all over the place so uh, again this was still a fun book I, I would still recommend 
Britt Marie was here. The, it really took a turn for the third one of his that I read, and I was kind of excited for it. It was called Bear Town by Frederick Bachman, of course. Uh, I was excited for this one because it was clearly going to be a series. I think they'd already signed up to make it a TV show. This was about to be his big breakout thing. I mean, he was mostly right. only known in, um, I want to say Sweden. I thought it was Sweden as well, but I don't know why I'm saying that. countries of some kind, but I'm not entirely sure which one. But again, uh, at this point in time, it's become obvious that every one of his characters is a super down-on-their-luck, tragic character <laughs> that has no business even being a, you know, a functioning human being. You know? <laughs> and it just it got to the point where it's all he does for half of his book is hit you, over the, hit you over the head with how bad these characters have it. Right. I mean... Trad- there's a time and place, and a good story that does include a tragedy is a good thing, but too much of a good thing goes too far. I'm, well, I guess that would be the way I Their tragic it. circumstances ended up not making sense and ended up making them do things that didn't make sense. Mm. So in this story, uh, a girl is, is raped. Uh, by a member of the hockey team. This one's about a hockey team, and he's the best player on the hockey team. Uh, you know, he rapes her. And the great, I guess you would say, dramatic irony of the story, the thing that kind of makes this whole story hinge and really hard to read for me, was that the author, or I'm sorry, the audience knows the rape happens. We see it happen. We are in the room with it. It, it occurs, and it's, it's clear in our minds. This is what happened. Right. Right. None of the other characters know this happened. So when the guy's dad, when the player's dad starts defending him, we as the audience know he's wrong and he's bad. But because the character has been written so tragically, he's not arguing because he loves his son. He's not arguing because he wants to see the best in his son. He's arguing because he wants his son to go be a great hockey player. Mm. And so it's really weird kind of dynamic here because as i'm sitting there reading this it's like okay okay but if you take a step back this father does not know this rape happened okay so i mean is he just supposed to throw his son in under the bus and throw him to the jail cell and say you're in jail forever now because you raped this girl without any evidence now now big step backwards because this is so poorly written there is a mountain of evidence and the cops ignore it. Oh. So well, that's always there's good. a whole issue with all of this going on. And this whole thing is just screaming, this isn't how the world works. Right. You've created a tragic picture of the world that makes things tragic for the sake of being tragic. You're no longer following reality here. Mm. So, like, the, like, again, the cops ignore this mountain of evidence. I mean, the girl still has bruises on her when she goes to see them. And they say, oh, there's no proof here. You know? The, the girl's father is actually the hockey coach, and he, of course, wants to go have this boy prosecuted. And they say, well, you're just trying to do that to damage this boy's reputation because he's going to be a better player than you. It's like, this is insane. No father, no player, no coach ever has that go through their mind. Right. I mean, this is absolutely bananas at this point in time. You know, the actual, the best response actually comes from the high school principal in this book, you know, who simply says, we cannot take a side until all the evidence has been made clear. We cannot pick sides until it's, it's gone to court and we have things right. figured out. I mean, it's like, that's probably the smartest thing that is said in this story. This whole story is so convoluted because you have these characters who are arguing for all the wrong reasons because they're tragic. Mm -hmm. And you have all these characters doing the right things 
but aren't being believed. And it's like you've you've just created this tragic fantasy land. Right. Well, and I think it's hard, too, because it is one of those things where I guess at the very least, um, my problem with it would be if you as the audience already know what happened, then all the suspense is gone. Did they? Did they not? Yeah. You know? I mean, I think it would be much better if you didn't know. And so you're sitting there trying to figure it out yourself. Like, is the is the boy telling the truth? Is the girl telling the truth? Like, sure. you figure it out along with them. And that'd be a different kind of story. That'd be more of a mystery. This is more of a drama. Right. And know? so, but I mean, I think that's probably the hardest part is, that's probably what does make this so convoluted is because almost you do know everything and yet it's, and there's, especially as you said, there's evidence. And so it just doesn't make sense because it's like, well, are we solving a mystery? Because we already know the answer to the mystery. Yeah. Are we, you know, just supposed to be rooting for something very, very specific, but that's not made obvious here either. And it just becomes more and more confusing, I guess, and sure. muddled. And it's, I mean, to some extent, that is probably true of, you know, when this sort of situation occurs, there is going to be a lot of drama and muddledness because yes. it's not a good thing. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, you take it too far and you make it, and that, Unbelievable. That would that have made point. this story much more interesting to read and much more of a not necessarily who done it, but did they or didn't they? And and, mm -hmm. and you would have been able to play the side of the fence much easier. Right. All of a sudden the father arguing again, not because he loves his son, but because he wants his son to go be a famous hockey player, that becomes a much more frustrating read as right. opposed to I'm the audience. I know he did it. I know this boy deserves to rot in jail forever and for a long time. But I as a father, it's like I want to believe the best in my kid. Right. I, I want to believe especially, they would yeah, do that. If you ha if, especially if for some reason there wasn't proof, like why am I believing someone over my kid? I'm supposed, as a parent, that's my job is to protect and support my so, kid. You and, know? And, and then, of course, this happened. I mean, you may not uh, know this story. You may not remember it. But there was the Duke lacrosse team, I think in mm. 2016, where basically this same thing happened. Right. And and this whole thing became I mean he's writing about such a, a charged issue already especially in our culture. In our culture especially. You know, he, it's, he's already writing about this so charged thing. This same thing happened to mm. a real team. And you know in in the book in this um bear town the the whole town rallies around the hockey team and they believe the hockey team they do not believe the girl because that is a fantasy land that this author is trying to present. Right. And that's frustrating because if you look at the real world, what happened to the Duke lacrosse team, the world fawned over this girl, this woman, and totally ostracized and berated this Duke lacrosse team. And right. it all turned out she had lied. It all turned out she had made this right. up. Right, because it's one of those things where every well. investigation has to go to its own. And like yes. you said, this issue is so charged. Yes. I mean, this is like one of those like hot button. And I mean, to some extent, as it should be, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. It is evil and wrong like clear and mm -hmm. set and and i mean as as a father of both a, a girl who i would never of course want to see this happen to and as a father of a boy who it's like i would never imagine him being accused of this and it would break my heart on both sides of that right. table it's like i can see both sides of this mm -hmm. so it's like i you know it's very hard when as the audience I, I already know what happened. Yeah. And and now we're not giving characters any kind of character growth or way to go. They're bad just because they're bad. Yeah. And, and That's hard too because then you have no point to stop cheering or start cheering or see them, yeah, change. There's no development. There's no yeah. there's no way they can develop at that point. They're bad. They're good. Done. 
And I mean, that's hard because some of the reasons you read a story is because you want to see people change or grow or have something happen. Once that happens, there's nothing this boy can do in my eyes as the audience that's ever going to redeem him. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's nothing that this, this girl can ever do to ever move beyond that in this story i mean right it takes a lifetime to move beyond something like this yes of course it does you know and and you've kind of ruined all of that yeah. in a five page story here in mm-hmm. five pages of a story so yeah. it is very hard you had these parents who are arguing it's like actually these arguments make sense but but again you've made them to be such horrible human beings that they don't work. That it doesn't work. And right. It's like, it, it took me a second to be like, why does this make me feel so uncomfortable and so frustrated when I'm reading this? Because there's this huge piece of dramatic irony that exists that we have to be aware of. And you mm-hmm. have to be able to separate yourself from that and realize these people, these characters don't know this. Yeah. So again, this author just has them arguing for nonsensical reasons. Right. It. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard because that's just... It was a hard book. It was a yeah. very difficult one to read. Um, one I was not necessarily expecting or wanted to. None of his other stories, that none of the other two that I had read had been like this. Right. Had had this kind of, I mean, of course, the first one I just said talked about suicide. So it's not like they didn't deal with deeper dramatic effects. I mean, or anything right. like that or, or dramatic conditions. You know, depression and suicide are very serious. But this one was just on a whole new level of, you know, of uh, very sad, very tragic. Right. Well, and, and, and hot unfortunately again as you said hot button and probably not always dealt with perfectly or well or you know because this of course came out i think right when the kavanaugh thing was going on right when Um, me too and believe all women was out there and it was big and you know unfortunately we've also gotten to a point yes in our society where it gets to be so tropey and woke in and of itself that then all of a sudden everyone's and then all this other stuff in this book starts coming out too one of the characters as as it goes on um turns out he has feelings for this boy and he's gay oh yeah that starts to come out and then you know because all of that matters again (laughs) yeah and you've got you know these like i said everyone in here is just like a super tragic character he has to live in the closet you know you have the the coach the old coach who has to retire is literally going to go retire into his home by himself and die because he has nothing you know meanwhile the coach of like the jv squad who's about to become the varsity quote he's a horrible human being but he's going to be promoted up because he knows these kids it's like this is all backwards and the whole thing rests like they have to win this hockey tournament i mean it's like this is so crazy because the whole thing rests on they have to win this hockey tournament to get the hockey school built in their town okay right it's like wait a minute that's like a John Cusack movies from the 80s, right? <laughs> you have to win this race to save the rec center. This is crazy. You know, in what realm is there a place where you can make a hockey school and have it be a viable <laughs> thing? So this thing was rife with issues. So mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to pick on it, but my biggest problem with him, my biggest problem as I read Frederick Bachman's book was that all of his characters became like this. Right. Became their worst instincts, became the worst thing that ever happened to him, and that's all they ever were. They right. were never able to overcome this. They were never able to live beyond this, mm-hmm. you know? They had this one bad thing happen to them, or honestly, they lived a whole lifetime of bad things, and they stayed there forever. Yeah. It's like, it's all tragedy all the time. Well, and unfortunately, I mean, I I guess I would say it goes beyond tragedy to then victimhood, yes. where you embrace it. And I mean, let's be honest, every person will have a tragedy in their lifetime. It, they look different for every person, but there will be a tragedy in yeah. every person's lifetime. It's what matters is what you do with that tragedy. And unfortunately in our society, it's become, it's easier to embrace that tragedy and just become the victim of it Mm -hmm. than it is to say, Oh, 
I've had something bad happen, I still have agency over what happens in the future (laughs) and beyond that moment in my life. My whole lifetime is not going to be defined by this moment, by this time that I was, you know, victimized or whatever. Yes, because it is hard. It's, I mean, it's so much easier to play a victim card of some sort and be like, I had this hard point in my life, feel sorry for me and cater to me forever on because this one thing. And I mean, that it's a lot harder to step up and be like, nope, I still have to take responsibility for other choices I've done in my life. I still have to step up and move on, I guess. You know, so. when, when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. I am a yeah. new creation, you know. All of the things that you hear when you turn your life to Jesus, it's like this is what the world needs mm-hmm. is this redemptive power of you are not who you used to be. You don't have to so. just live in that victimhood anymore, yeah. So um, very difficult reads. That was the last of his I read. I know he wrote a sequel to Bear Town. I don't know whatever happened to the TV show, I kind of stopped following that. But that book really frustrated me and really got to me to right. a point that I didn't think it would. Um, he had a few others. Uh, I think one's called "My Grandmother Told Me to Say She Was Sorry," that I've wanted to pick up. It was one of more of his three originals that looked really kind of comic and tragic, right? You know, because I okay. Let's also go back to the fact that comedy is just tragedy <laughs> plus time. <laughs> yeah, you know. So anyway, neither here nor there. Frederick Bachman, I thought a man called Ave and Britt Marie was here were fantastic. Were very good. Worth the read. I struggled with Bear Town, but if it sounds like it's your thing, I, I totally tell you to give 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 it a shot. Um, right. He he. Very just be popular. prepared to think through them. I mean, all of I them know. are probably in some sense. You do have to just be judicious yes. and think through them. What is the message, and what you know, what are you embracing he's, with he's your tragedy? Easily become one of my uh, most popular authors at the library. That's at least not. Um, James Patterson. James Patterson, author, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of, you know, the 500 books we have, he's number 484 <laughs> behind James Patterson. Um, anyway. <laughs> In case you wonder how Nick feels about James Patterson, yeah. ever. <laughs> uh, my name is Nick, uh, the Game Schooling Dad. With me is Amber of AmbitionsForChrist.com. Please find us on Facebook. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, this has been the Family Bookshelf. Thanks for hanging out with us.